0: Hi, and welcome to Speaking of Purpose by Benevity. I'm your host, Sona Kosla. This season, we're talking about movements, who creates them, who drives them, and how movements sustain momentum even after the moment has passed. In the summer of 2020, the world was on edge. A global pandemic, an economic crash, and uncertainty about the future were affecting every facet of society, but they were taking a particularly hard toll on our most underserved communities and shining a light on the institutional and systemic racism that often exists in darkness. Then, in June, George Floyd was killed by police in his home city of Minneapolis. His murder and the murder of many others, such as Breonna Taylor and Ahmed Arbery, to name just two, made international headlines and created a surge in support for the Black Lives Matter movement. As protests took place worldwide, we saw a spike in charitable donations to black causes across our Benevity corporate purpose platform. That month, 50% of all donations were made to black causes. It was the highest proportion of donations we had ever seen go to racial and social justice causes, and it totaled a massive $166 million. But as the news cycle changed, donations slowed. Six months later, in December 2020, a mere 5% of donations were directed towards black causes. Aside from the reactive nature of giving, the events of June 2020 opened our eyes to another problem. Just like everywhere else, inequality and systemic racism flows into the world of philanthropy and charitable giving as well. Every year in the United States, 450 billion dollars is given to nonprofits. Yet, only between 1% and 4% of that is given to Black led nonprofits who are focused on the Black community. Today on the show, we're speaking to Christina Lewis and Stephanie Ellis Smith, founders of Give Black, a nonprofit organization that aims to raise visibility of Black causes. In just a few short months since their inception, they've directed over $150,000 to more than 500 Black founded organizations in their database. In my conversation with Christina and Stephanie, we'll discuss their experiences in the world of philanthropy and giving and talk about the events that inspire them to create Give Black. Let's get into it. Hi, Stephanie and Christina, it's great to have you on the show. So excited to talk to you about Give Black and everything that's led up to it and uh, has come since you launched it. I'd love to just start maybe right at the very beginning. What first drew you into the world of giving?
1: Thank you so much, Sona, and it's such a pleasure being here. Giving really is a part of my family tradition, and it started. Very early for me, uh, even honestly in in the church and, you know, and tithing every week. Um, But then in a more formal way through my parents, particularly my father's charitable practices. So he had a family foundation and I ended up serving on that board since I was pretty young. And it's a sad story, unfortunately. It was because he passed away and I ended up serving in this, you know, in this capacity and taking on some of that responsibility that uh, it was important to me and to him to always give back, especially to the black, the African American community. So doing that and doing charitable work for racial equity has just been part of how I was I was raised.
2: Stephanie, how about you? I think similar with christina you know our family grew up very catholic new orleans catholics and my grandparents went to mass every day Um, and when we were available we had to go with them and my first memory of giving was the long pole that would go down the pews and you drop the envelope in, and I remember always being so excited watching like when the usher would be coming and we're getting closer and closer to our pew. And I had my envelope because like Christina's family, we'd tithe too because they send you the envelopes in advance. So I would hold my dad's envelope. And then also I'd have, if I had coins or whatever, i get to drop things in. But it was such a highlight of the, of the, of the day in a way for me because like, you felt like you were contributing that you were important and that you were a part of something and that someone needed you. Christina
0: and Stephanie were both surrounded by a culture of giving as they were growing up. And as adults, they were already steeped in the philanthropic community. So in June, when Black Lives Matter protests were sweeping the globe, they responded to the horrific murders and call for justice by donating in support of Black causes. They also thought, what more can we do? It was the spark that led them to create Give Black. An online database that advances and elevates support for Black-founded organizations.
1: There were so many emotions you know, that I felt, and you know, and that everyone and everyone felt at that time. And I don't think I'll quite go into that. But turning emotions and feelings and ideas into action is is also in my DNA, and also what I'm passionate about, about starting things. So it just felt like, well, what else can I do to contribute? You know, and we can contribute to Black Lives Matter, but where can we put our time and our energies to help grow the movement? And then, you know, we can talk about this, uh, you know, Give Black Sprung sprung Out of That and, and Stephanie and I's earlier connection.
2: This kind of goes back to how we connected and our areas in our background that are very similar. And believe it or not, it sounds insane, but we actually met at a Goldman Sachs philanthropy conference. And we were there, uh, Christina was being interviewed. She was on a panel that was related to her family's foundation. And I went to the panel because as I always do, I go when I go to places, I'm looking around and seeing how many other people of color and black people are there? And there were none, or very few. And it was a very large conference. A lot of, a lot of people there. And there were folks there who were from nonprofits, for sure, but as far as clients or philanthropists, there was me and there was Christina.
0: Their experience in the world of giving prepared them for something that some newcomers to the movement may not have been ready for the racism that exists within the nonprofit space itself. It gave them common ground to bond over when they first met.
2: So the organization that I founded is a cultural organization and we presented and produced contemporary Black American art and humanities programs. We brought people from around the country to Seattle to perform, to do whatever their things. Just amazing folks. And it was really uh, successful and really kind of getting a, a really strong following locally. And as I was increasing my activity around fundraising, and I'm one of those kind of maybe rare people, I love fundraising. I really do. I just sort of feel like, you know, you can join the party or not, but, you know, the party's still happening. Um, So I was feeling pretty good about it. And I went to a very, very prominent person locally, gatekeeper, and just sort of Doing my usual spiel, and and of course I've heard about you, Stephanie, and you know this is pretty amazing, and so you know I thought it was going really well, and he said, well, I just think it's good what you're doing, really interesting, but um, I just don't see that there's any need to fund culturally specific organizations. I feel like I'm being discriminatory by supporting you, and I think you need to branch out and include other people, because you're never going to get anywhere only focusing on Black artists. That was the advice. And I don't know where this sort of came up, but this person also had this came to me so quickly, but I was stunned. Of course, offended, but stunned. And ironically, this person was a big supporter of the opera here elsewhere. And I was like, I don't see I don't see us doing our local opera, doing any Chinese opera. I mean, this is, that's a culturally specific organization. It's European culture. That doesn't seem to be a problem for anyone else. And I was, it was surprising. I ran across things like that quite a lot that folks felt that despite things being, because, you know, being a person of color and knowing how you're immediately discounted or looked upon, our our work was tight. Very tight, very few ways that people could criticize. I mean, other than aesthetics, if you just didn't like it, you didn't like it. But I ran into that a lot about people who felt that they would be diminished by associating with black culture because it was lower than and um, that was that was pretty kind of shocking, heartbreaking, and infuriating.
0: organizations like Stephanie's that raise funds to support black artists are seen as too culturally specific to attract major philanthropists. But inequity like this, based on race, is ingrained even as you look beyond large donors. In the world of online fundraising, black-founded nonprofits and individual fundraisers who support them struggle to gain the same traction and scale as their white counterparts. This is largely because of the segregated social bubbles we live in, which affects the reach they have when asking for donations. And it affects the magnitude of impact black causes can have and leads to a vicious cycle of systemic racial inequity.
1: Another aspect is say the popularity of um, you know of online fundraising now, you know, and, and crowdfunding. As you may know, social networks are segregated. A huge percentage of white people have like all white Facebook friend groups at least as of a few years ago. And, the um, and you know, a huge number of Black people live in an entirely Black world. You know, so much of our realities are still segregated. So when you take, say, crowdfunding, a Black founder, will is very likely to be fundraising from a largely Black or largely POC network and much more tangentially connected to Now to people of other races and the wealth gap being what it is in this country with black families having anywhere from just 7% to 15% of the net worth of a white family, depending on the statistics you're going to be less successful crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that larger funders, they go and they say, well, we're just going to look at your metrics. And look, this organization, they did a crowdfunding campaign and they raised X amount. When it's really not fair. You know, it's not an even playing field because this founder doesn't have the same connections to people who have more money. You know, so exactly. them getting a $50 donation, $25 donation, you know, is as hard, you know, or in some ways harder than, you know, than someone white getting a 500 or $1,000 donation because their network is simply wealthier. And the point is that, um, you know, Black-led organizations, if you're talking about fighting poverty, if you're talking about, you know, improving the lives of Black people, educating Black people, you know, or things to do with the community, it's pretty clear that, as far as the work goes, they're very likely to have better solutions, or certainly the like solutions that should be magnified and grown. You know, and this isn't about you know. It's not a competition. I mean, it's you know, it's wonderful that people of all races, you know, and of white people start charities and you know raise money for charities, and you know, and that's great. But the the black-led charitable sector you know, it's far too small, far smaller than it should be. And um, you know, America and the world would be bettered if there were racial equity in giving so that Black-led solutions can really be developed.
0: Give Black is designed to bring visibility and dollars to Black-founded nonprofits so that those organizations can address the inequality in their communities. Another challenge they face, and one that affects Black causes disproportionately, is the boom-and-bust effect of caring about Black-centred causes. In June, 50% of giving on Benevity's platform, around $166 million in 30 days, was directed towards racial and social justice causes. Six months later, that number dropped 95% to just over $20 million. So... What can we do to sustain action beyond the news cycle?
2: That's like the perennial question that everyone asks. And, you know, we don't even know what, what is the right answer to that beyond continued awareness, education. At least here in the U.S., there's been a number of pushes to sort of keep the broad scope of American history front and center uh, amongst our children and youth and school. And there's been a lot of pushback against that. Because you know, there's certain folks that have this rosy-eyed view of the perfection of the country and the perfection of the country's origins without looking more broadly at the ramifications and who else was involved. Education, I think, is key. And then the and then also being more conscious about how we spend our money um, and where our money is going. I'm a I'm a big believer and supporter of the work that you all are doing with Benevity around corporate social responsibility, I think corporations are not given as much responsibility as they should have in helping to change the way people go about their daily lives and their behavior. Because much so much of our behavior is driven by consumer behavior. And if we are able to think more critically about who we shop with, where our money goes, I think businesses will behave differently. And as our society shows, as companies go, so does everybody else. There's a huge opportunity for leadership there that hasn't been fully picked up. And I think the more people stay active and pressing their buyers and suppliers and companies, I think think we will start to see more consistent change. But it really does take concerted, consistent efforts at all aspects of our lives, but it's exhausting. You know, it's, it's hard to do, but I, I don't think that there's any shortcuts to that work.
0: Overcoming racial inequity won't happen overnight, nor will it happen without everyone doing their part. Business as the most trusted institution has an important part to play. Last year, of Business Roundtable CEOs release statements supporting the end of racial injustice. For that support to be meaningful, it needs to translate into concrete action from companies and their people. Supporting Black-founded nonprofits is a critical piece in any blueprint to address racial inequity because they work in the communities that suffer from the most drastic inequality, see the problems up close, and can design solutions that are more effective. For Christina and Stephanie, the mission is clear. To elevate Black causes, make them more visible, and help them create more change by raising more money. Their goal is to raise $1 billion and for 1 million people to Give Black. The story of Give Black highlights the opportunity for all of us to understand how to make an impact in communities beyond our own. We must overcome the insidious racism in our own giving habits so that we can be part of helping underserved communities thrive, close the wealth and opportunity gap, and together we can continue to move our society towards greater equity. Today's episode of Speaking of Purpose was created by the passionate team here at Benevity. If you enjoy our show, please share it with a colleague or a friend you think would find it interesting special thanks to Christina Lewis and Stephanie Ellis-Smith. Go to giveblack.org, that's G-I-V-E-B-L-C-K dot O-R-G, and it's black without an A, to check out their work. For the link to their site, Benevity Impact Labs, and other helpful resources, please check out the show notes. For more episodes, you can subscribe to Speaking of Purpose wherever you get your podcasts. And come say hi to us at Benevity on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Learn more about us at Benevity.com. Thanks for listening.